Here at Early Excellence, we specialise in early childhood education. We offer expert advice and guidance through training, consultancy and classroom design. With the Early Excellence podcast, we aim to inspire and support you as well as challenge your thinking. So if that's what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here. Welcome along to episode 99 of the Early Excellence podcast. In this week's episode, we chat to my colleague at Early Excellence, Sarah Carey. Um, Sarah is the School Improvement Lead at Early Excellence and we talk all about the Early Excellence Roadshow. The Roadshow is a series of training events for school leaders, early years leaders, and also early years staff as well. We've been traveling up and down the, le- the length and the breadth of the country, delivering a, a wide variety of different Roadshow events. And so Sarah comes in to talk to us all about those different events, and there's a lot to talk about. So here you go. Here's my Early Excellence podcast chat with my colleague, Sarah Carey. Sarah, how are you? I'm really well, thank you, Andy. It's so lovely to see you. It's been too long. It's been ages, hasn't it? It, it has been, been ages. Have you been a guest on the podcast once before or twice before? I can't remember. Uh, once before, when we were way back when, when I was just starting to do my head-to-head podcast. So I spoke to you, I think this time last year, actually, as a run-in to kind of talking about what the head-to-head podcasts were going to entail and who I'd be speaking to and all of those things around curriculum and school improvement and inspections. So, uh, yeah, a little while since I've done one of these with you. So nice to be back. <laughs> Well, it's good to have you here. Good to have you here. Right. So um, just to kick things off, Sarah, for people who don't know you, would you be able to give us a quick introduction? Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your role at Early Excellence and your background as well, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, of course. It feels funny doing this because that's the first thing I say to the people on my podcast. Tell us a bit about <laughs> So for those of you that don't know me, I'm Sarah and I am the School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence. And I've been with Early Excellence for over four years now, um, which is great. Really settled, really enjoying being part of the Early Excellence family um, and really enjoying all the different things that, that we do. Um, way back when, before I joined Early Excellence, uh, very long time ago, I trained as a nursery nurse um, and then went on to teach training. Um, so all of my teaching and, if you like, childcare career has been with two-year-old children through to year two. Done a little bit of teaching in key stage two, but actually early years and infant years is where my heart lies and where lots and lots of my experience lays. Um, so various leadership roles within that time of teaching and then the as you'll know, because you came to my school seven years before I joined Early Excellence, I was a head teacher of a school in Leicestershire and um, doing lots of wonderful school development things and really enjoying lots of things, um, being with the children and supporting the school family and the staff family and lots of things as well. So, so that's my history before I joined Early Excellence. And then having joined Early Excellence, as I say, I mainly I live in the Midlands. So in theory, my work is around the Midlands area. However, As things have evolved in terms of pre-COVID and post-COVID, actually, my work takes me much more widely around the UK doing school improvement work. So more and more now I'm working with heads and school leaders. So really looking at school development and strategic thinking and supporting with the, the thought processes behind that and driving effective and impactful school improvement, things that are going to be sustained 
and that are really going to make a difference for the children. Um, looking mainly in early years and key stage one, but some, sometimes doing things more widely. Uh, I'm engaging much more with mats now as well. So heads across mats, which is great because we can have similar conversations and then they'll be talking to each other um, and working with early years leads as part of that as well. And really kind of, I suppose, with the heads, much more taking them by the hand into early years. There's a lot of that side of things that I do. So while some of it is quality assurance in early years and, and making sure that things are on a steady footing and going in the right direction, celebrating what's working well and what might be able to happen next, but also taking those heads or school leaders or perhaps some of the leaders in school who are not as well well oiled as it were or don't necessarily understand early years as well as they perhaps want to or need to, taking them by the hand and, and talk, walking and talking them through all things early years, what we're looking at, what we're seeing, why things look like this and those sorts of things. So so that's really been good. And I think over the last 18 months as part of my school improvement work, I've also done more coaching with early years leads. I do online sessions, one-to-one sessions in kind of a programme of just really really it's for the early years leader that I'm engaging with at that point in their personal development and professional development, often around developing leadership skills. You know, I've been a, a early years teacher for a long time, maybe, and actually I've just taken the steps into leadership. So I do some coaching around around that and curriculum reviews as well. So lots and lots of schools, well, every school really is on a curriculum development journey, aren't they? Some of them are well established, some of them are still in the early days, but I do quite a lot around the curriculum. Let's discuss it. Let's see what's working well. Let's see if we can find any gaps. Let's check the connection and the spiral and where knowledge builds and those sorts of things. So work all around that. And then more widely, I'd still do lots of consultancy and bespoke training and face-to-face and online and some of the things that you will also do. So, so yeah, I feel like over the last four years, my, my role has grown quite a lot, particularly more with maths, more with school leaders, more with that middle leadership as well. So, yeah, every day is different. Every day is different. That's what keeps it very interesting, I think. I mean, the other thing as well that I always think that keeps it always keeps it really fresh and interesting is that it's always about relationships that you strike with people. It's about meeting those individual people, whether they're a head teacher or whether they are a lead of a mat or you know whoever they might be. They might be a, 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 an early career teacher, perhaps whoever it might be. Building those relationships is what's key, isn't it? You know, wherever you happen to go, and you know, whatever stage of people's career that you're working with them at, it's about kind of meeting them really and, and getting to know them and building those relationships in order that you can support them effectively. Yeah. Now, you were mentioning, you were mentioning just before, you said, uh, what I do is quite a lot at the moment, particularly since COVID, now I'm back on the road a lot. You mentioned that just a, a little while back. And I, and I thought, oh, yes, yes, because that is exactly what we're talking about today, isn't it? Um, you're joining us on the podcast because over the last few months, we've started something new for us, or certainly in recent times, new for us in terms of early excellence, and that is we are on the road. We are right in the middle of an early excellence roadshow, and that roadshow is covering the nation, isn't it? It's literally going up and down, up and down the country. And Sarah, um, I wanted to get you onto the podcast because I think you're the person who's probably done more of the events than any anybody. 
We've got a curriculum team, of course, you know, different people within the curriculum team in the north and the south. But Sarah really has been carrying the, the roadshow, I think it's fair to say. So, Sarah, tell us a bit about the roadshow. Tell us about the Early Excellence Roadshow. Oh, well, it's I mean, you can probably hear me smiling. It's it's a really delightful experience. I'm enjoying every minute of it, apart from the mileage ticking up and up and up. <laughs> that's that's the thing that happens on my uh, when I'm when I'm driving around. But it's it's been an amazing experience in terms of us being able to, as you say, take our EYFS interactive environment all around to lots of different places around the UK and having a full day of really high quality training, conversations, professional dialogues, reflections around lots and lots of things early years, but particularly around effective practices and high quality learning environments and and actually the power of that learning environment in terms of how it can impact on learning and development and how it is part of and a crucial part of and a big part of delivering the school's curriculum for the early years. So it's it's amazing. So we've got a wonderful team. It's not me literally carrying the uh, the interactive environment around. We've got a team of people that do that with us, although we all get stuck in. You'll know you've been involved in some of them. We all roll our sleeves up and help set up and pack away and those sorts of things. But the day itself is there to really we want to engage with the whole early years team really at some point through the day and the, all the people that contribute to early years. So school leaders, as well as early years leaders, as well as teachers, as well as practitioners. So the morning session's got a real focus around really digging into quality assurance of early years, considering what's working well and how we know and what to look for. So it's not a tick list. It's quite informative in terms of the things we should be looking for, um, things that are key threads for early childhood development, things that are key threads because of what research tells us, things that are key threads that we know is going to enable learning. And of course, things that we know are key threads from inspection um, and the messages that are coming out from the DfE as well. So that session has been really powerful for head head teachers. And um, we've had lots and lots of head teachers come, which is really what we were hoping for. Um, We know sometimes heads don't have a huge amount of time to be able to come for a morning session or to get out and about. But actually, we've had lots and lots of head teachers come and that's been really, really great because early years is important and they're wanting to understand. And then the next session, the afternoon session is very much for early years leaders and teachers to look at that real connection between the learning environment and curriculum because often you'll know you'll go to schools and have a conversation around curriculum and people will present curriculum documentations in various forms. But often the bit that doesn't get talked about in as much detail or isn't presented as part of the curriculum is what the provision is doing to deliver on the curriculum. So we really look at how that connects and some real practical ideas of how we can make that work and kind of put that that thought processes into into practice really so the people who come in the afternoon session get to go into the environment with that planning and reflection lens and come away with some real practical ideas of how to tackle that and then the final session actually is a is a learning walk which of course is open to the whole whoever whoever wants to be there the whole team in theory um to come and have a a guided walk around that learning environment which actually at times it can be a little bit like herding cats because everybody wants to go everywhere and 
And if you're leading the learning walk, which you've done yourself, you kind of have to really take them through. Come here and look at this. <laughs> it's, it's those principles, um, the underlying principles, and and really really and truly what we mean by a well-planned and well-organized environment not just it looking impressive but and looking like an invitation to learn but all the little really well thought through refined tiny tiny granular details as to why things are on a shelf organized in that way presented in that way and that holistic and interconnected nature of learning so it's a really in-depth way and of course having the environment there is just so powerful so so powerful um and people gravitate to it. There are points in the sessions for all sessions where um, whether you're ahead or the early years lead teachers, practitioners, where you get to go into the environment. And it's almost always the most, if you like, challenging part of my day to get everybody to come back out of the environment so we can carry on having the training and the discussions. It is so powerful to sit in it, touch it, look at it, take photographs of it, think about how it looks in your own school compared to what you're seeing there um, when we're giving examples in the training we can literally go to that environment and say this is what we mean right here so it, it's really powerful um, and we've had lots and lots of great feedback yeah yeah, yeah. I, th I think what's important about it and I think it comes across really well in what you're saying is that in terms of the day there's something there for literally everybody who works within school you know that that actually you've got those key messages for head teachers, you've got those key messages for early years leads, you've also got those those opportunities for teachers and practitioners, whoever is there, kind of on the ground, if you like, within the within the practice, within the provision, um, really lots for them to think about and to, to reflect on as well in terms of in terms of their pedagogy. So there and I and I think that we talk a lot in early years practice, don't we, about the holistic vision the holistic view but it's also true i think when we talk about the whole school with regard to early years we're also talking about a, a holistic vision aren't we because actually it's not just the earliest teacher or the earliest lead who is responsible for what happens within the early years but actually it's that whole picture isn't it and owning that practice across the school is is key and so you know i often you know sometimes when i, I deliver training you know and um I'll sort of chat to people at the end and there's sometimes one person will say, that was great. I just wish my head teacher was here to listen to that. You know, that kind of thing. I hear that. So every now and again, I hear that kind of thing. And I think I, I, I always point them in the direction of this sort of thing, you know, the roadshow or the cluster events that we've done previously, those sorts of things. Because it is so important, isn't it, that actually everybody hears the right messages. Because otherwise, what often I think gets in the way of the development of practice is that actually people hear different things from different people across the school. You know, from you might hear different a different message from a, a curriculum leader. You might hear a different message from a um, from a subject lead or from from the um, from from your head teacher perhaps or whoever it might be. When actually a day like this provides you with that real consistency so that everybody hears the same messages. And whilst, whilst it is training, because it is, you know, each, each of those three separate parts, they are each about training. I think to a certain extent, the whole, the whole of that, because we're talking about key messages for different groups within the school, the whole of that 
is is even more powerful than just three training events because actually you're talking about the team being able to move forward together and i i, I think that's key really um i think i think this is a very different model from that idea of you know one person coming along to some training and then going back to school and then having to hopefully going back inspired but kind of having to suddenly then inspire everybody else with the messages that they've heard whilst everybody else has had a really busy day in school. You know, <laughs> that kind of sort of moment where you think, oh, crikey, you know, that although, yes, you hope that's going to have an impact, actually it's these sorts of things where actually we, we share key messages across the school that I think have a bigger impact and it's and it's interesting isn't it because actually when i when i talk about the tra- this training and when we do the senior leaders guide to the eyfs and is is everything okay with my eyfs that that sort of training we we share the triangle which of course if you are an early excellence person who's been trained with us we we have the triangle that talks about the child and the environment and the adult but i always talk about actually it's not just the adults in early years it's other adults in school when we're thinking particularly around is everything okay in my EYFS. It's not just the interactions and practitioners and teachers in early years, which of course is really important. But as you've just said, it's curriculum leads, it's the school leader, and actually having that shared vision, that shared understanding of why we do what we do. And I think particularly for EYFS, why it looks different why those learning opportunities that are being presented potentially look different to other places in the school. And I think what's been really, well, I I know from the conversations I've had through the roadshows, because we've got the, we offer the option for a full day pass for schools. Often what happens is the head comes in the morning with their early years lead. And again, there's a huge amount of conversation and it's built into the sessions as well, but there's ongoing conversations between those colleagues about what does that mean for us? Yes, we need to do more of that actually that's a real positive we know where we're going with that Um, and for people who are staying all day which there have been several groups that have done that because we've allowed for a reasonable amount of time between the first session and the second session actually what often happens is big paper comes out on the table and people start action planning and people are making starting to audit their resources or are starting to make a cpd plan of when they're going to cascade these things back so coming on that full day pass enables that conversation and it it really gives real traction if you like to build momentum so that when the teams are going back into school they've all had that same message but they've also had time to already start reflecting on what it means for their school and their setting and where they are on their development journey Um, and in fact I've done a few follow-up calls with um, heads who have attended and they they're often when I get to the call they've often brought their early years lead along I've done two this morning and they've both brought their early years lead along and said we want to tell you what we've done since the day and then we want to talk to you about what next and there's been some real inspired passion and some real buy-in if you like not not to us but buy into that school development journey that they're on and the fact that they've heard those messages and had that valuable headspace and time to have those discussions whilst it's happening around them which I think is you know vital time is another thing isn't it in schools there's never enough of it so to have team members together to do that through a day really um, certainly from the feedback that I've had has made a real difference in you know, building that momentum and getting going. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing that strikes me about about the roadshow as well is that it feels like it's the right time for it. 
And what I mean by that is that um, it's now actually quite a while since we've done an event like this where we've taken our interactive environment out on the road. It's something that we used to do a lot at Early Excellence. And I'm sure the people who are listening to this will be able to think back sort of maybe four, maybe five years to, to events that we've done where we've had the, the whole environment out there on the road in a school hall or wherever it might be, a training venue. Um, but of course, COVID came along, came along, um, you know, 2020 and really put a stop to us engaging in that kind of way. And, and certainly, you know, almost overnight, it felt, didn't it, that, that training changed. You know, we had to suddenly learn how to, how to do webinars and how to, how to train via GoToWebinar and a range of other platforms. And of course, everything moved online. And then we've had sort of since then, we've had a period of kind of sort of almost either online or face to face. And probably up until this school year, it's been sort of probably more online and less face to face. I think at this particular point that we're currently at, I think actually it's starting to tip more in terms of face to face training, a little bit less online training. And so it feels like actually this is absolutely the right time to get out there again and to take to take the interactive environment out there to see people and to have these conversations. And certainly when we get out there, what you could, what you really feel from what people are what what how people are responding is that it feels like people are absolutely ready to get out there again. You know, you, 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 if you, even if you just start training and then it, within the first few minutes you say, okay, just, just talk about whatever it is I've just said. Just have a bit of a chat about that. What, where do you think you're currently at? And suddenly there's all of this chatter because people are absolutely so ready to not be just spending time with the, within their own school or within, within their own school community, but actually to really get out there. Um, because I think, you know, being an early years teacher is quite isolating, you know, or being a head teacher is quite isolating. And so actually getting out there and meeting other people and, and kind of sharing ideas and supporting one another, I think now is absolutely the right time to do it. Yeah. Have you yeah. found that? You know, for yeah. out there? Is that- I, would, I would absolutely echo that completely in terms of the people wanting to connect with us, but also wanting to connect with other colleagues, not having had that opportunity for such a long time during COVID. And actually since COVID really, there's been such a lot with kind of recovery and catch up. And then of course, ReYFS, new framework, new profile, all of those sorts of things, that it's been a really busy time. And, and you know, I think in schools, we know, don't we, it's relentless. It's, no, it's never ending. But actually having the opportunity to come out and speak to your own colleagues, but other colleagues, I think, has been really powerful. And even outside of the roadshow, that's that's what you get. You do that, particularly that first talk opportunity that you provide to delegates. There's a real kind of bubble of talk where people want to share. This is what we've done. This is what we've just started doing. This is how it's going for us. And, and again, it's kind of giving themselves a pat on their back, but also sharing that practice. But I, I do also think, I know going back to the roadshow, um, we've had several um, mats who have attended and all the heads in the mat have come along. And they, I know, have certainly found it in, in 
are invaluable, really, because that's an opportunity for them to come together and talk about things within their mat as well. And I know post the roadshow, um, at least two of the mats where the, all the heads have come, they've continued having those conversations kind of outside of us. So it's almost given that impetus for those sorts of kind of connections as well, just really nurturing those things. And, and again, getting things going getting things going again now we're we're out of kind of pandemic as it were if we're ever going to be out of it I think it's always going to be around isn't it in terms of COVID-19 but actually we're definitely moving through aren't we yeah yeah definitely and and certainly I mean as you mentioned earlier on the having the interactive environment there does give us something different I think I, th- I think um that sometimes you can see it when people walk around the environment that we have there, you can see it making sense to them. Um, so sometimes that might be a, a head teacher or a senior leader, and maybe somebody's talked to them about continuous provision before, but maybe if they've not had that early years background themselves, then actually they don't quite get it. They don't quite get what you mean. They don't quite get how what you mean by planning for that and how actually it needs to be well organized or whatever else it might be. But then you can see actually being there within that interactive environment you can see it making sense to them yeah and I mean I can certainly say that I before I joined early excellence um actually one of the first engagements I, ha- I had with you was um I was at an early years leads meeting because at the time I was the head without an early years lead I also didn't have a Senko or a premises officer or a business manager so I was spinning several plates but as one of those hats um I went I went along to an early years network um and Nikki Walters our colleague was there talking about early excellence in the interactive environment and and happened to say you know if you've got to, if you've got a, a space available and and a good amount of parking and such like, actually, we'd be interested to explore bringing the environment to you. So actually, as a head, I signed up for that, and we had the interactive environment come to my school, and we were on a journey of development in my early years, and. Obviously, I'm quite experienced in early years knowledge and practice and pedagogy. And we've done a lot of kind of training and support and and on the ground practical things. But I would definitely say that having the environment absolutely was the final piece of the puzzle for my staff to really kind of say, oh, that's that's how it looks I get it I get what you're saying and now I can see it touch it feel it sit in it like a child and feel what that would be like and how that connects it just was the final part of the puzzle that kind of made sense for my staff and then actually gave me that good springboard for the on, onward journey of development then so I can certainly say from a non-early excellence point of view but actually being on the on the receiving end of having that opportunity it, it really did make a significant difference and my staff talked and talked and talked about it afterwards um, and when um, we didn't we weren't in a position to be able to have a room plan but actually my staff were starting to remove their own furniture around and they were starting to have conversations around oh it looks like this remember when and we talked about this and it, no no there's too much there and actually because they were immersed in the experience in a high quality environment they were far more easily able to translate that into their own environment with what we'd currently got at the time so I know how powerful it can be. Yeah absolutely I, th- I also think it helps people to imagine you touched on this uh, just a, just a minute or two ago that it helps people to imagine what it's like to be a child within an environment um, in fact, when um, we were together, um, where were we? Up in Newcastle. 
One of the things that I saw you doing was you were getting the senior leaders, the head teachers and senior leaders to crouch down within the interactive environment to imagine what it was like if you're four or five and you're coming into this learning environment, what that's like at this particular height, that you can't see everything around, you know, everything available to you all in one go, that actually you kind of have to map it out to yourself. And actually, where will I go around this corner? Where will it lead to? And also the impact of that for the children in terms of their engagement and so on. So, um, so yeah, I think actually it being there, you know, physically being there, not just showing people on a screen, but actually it physically being there is something quite special, really. So, yeah, it's great that uh, we're able to do that again. Really is great. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you about, because you are the person who has been pretty much ever present um, within, the, uh, within the roadshow events that we've done, um, was that I wondered about, you know, we were just talking about how actually people are absolutely ready to have loads of conversations and lots of talk is happening. And I could see that when, with the event that I did a couple of weeks ago in Newcastle. The amount of talk was brilliant. Um, I wondered whether there were sort of common conversations that were coming up. You know, that it's such a, a good thermometer, isn't it, of kind of where we are at, I think, nationally. That actually, when you've travelled around, you've had these conversations with people. What conversations are coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, I have travelled around. I've done, I've done Fleetwood near Blackpool. I've done Leicestershire. I've done Manchester. I've done Lincoln, Newcastle. I know Phil, our colleague, has done Reading. I think Claire's done Crawley. And actually, we come together every couple of weeks and kind of have this this very conversation about the common the common questions. So I think from a um, all the way through, there are things that thread through all three sessions that kind of come through conversations around curriculum and the sequencing of curriculum. People often say our curriculum's well planned. We've got it sequenced and it's building. But it raises the, the, the day actually then raises questions around how the provision is helping to deliver on that curriculum and how how actually if a well if the provision is well planned we don't necessarily need to put in lots and lots of directed opportunities or enhancements just because our school curriculum says we're doing castles at this moment in time as a theme it doesn't mean everything has to be castles actually we can start to look at where those things might sit um and the conversations around the the how how that how if we stand in a particular area and think about our school school priorities actually is the provision looking like it's delivering on that and how do we know? So really kind of thinking about curriculum, but your vision and aims and your drivers, that comes through quite a lot. Conversations, particularly um, around subject leaders, really understanding EYFS and where their subject may sit within the provision, indoors and outdoors. I always say, don't forget outdoors, just because we've got our indoor provision here today. Everybody is now kind of committing to outdoors what will our subject leaders be saying um, and actually for school leaders and subject leaders having that very powerful conversation around when you choose to visit early years and visiting them maybe in provision time rather than seeing a gathering time actually the need to engage with children as a leader to get a sense of those sorts of things and what's happening so they're very common threads and then actually a lot of it then is around the quality of resources when we're in the environment kind of people will say Sarah why is this here then so you're saying we need these things and it's earned its place tell me tell me why this is here and wanting to know the nuts and bolts of 
wh- why things are there, why we've made those decisions, how it's supporting the learning development. And as part of that, very much conversations around continuity and progression, particularly for settings that have got two-year-olds, nursery and reception and their running provision, how how progression is achieved within the provision so through the EYFS phase as well as progression through a year group as well so we have quite a lot of conversations around that um, but you've you've done a few so what would we what would you say some of those resonate or other ones as well yeah I, I think you're right I think progression comes up always comes up a lot it's almost like one of those sort of watch words of the moment isn't it that the idea of actually well what would you know, you've got your continuous provision, say, for paint and workshop. And that, of course, within that continuous provision, we then need to think about progression and progression of skills. So what will that look like? And so, you know, at what point will we be introducing different skills within that continuous provision area? You know, at what point will we be mixing paint or introducing powder paint or whatever it might be you know there are a wide range of different skills that can be taught within that area we need to be thinking about the adult role and how we teach them but we also of course need to be thinking carefully about actually that progression of skills and and really at what point we will be thinking about doing doing that really so that that does tend to come up a lot it really does so yeah no I I would echo that completely and I think the the other thing that kind of leads into a follow-on conversation in 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 the reality because as you said at the start we are very much about building those positive relationships but actually Mm -hmm. what what often comes off the back is okay so so what next for us how's the best way to approach developing an area um, rather, and we always say kind of start small, be tactical, you know, see it as a process and be pragmatic. But there's a lot of conversations then of, okay, so we understand that this is working well for us and that's all good and that's okay, but this is where we need to go next is then those kind of strategic development or or very practical things, we, you know, they're asking advice for the very practical things of what we can do next. And certainly, of course, we'll talk about our provision guides and your inside out videos have been a real hit, Andy. I know they're really popular so you know people are wanting very practical things as well so not just the big picture strategy of this is where you need to get to but actually what are the steps to get there yeah it's that it's that practical guidance isn't it that i think is key it's it's that making sense of it all which i think is so important because what for anybody that works within school, whether that whether they be a senior leader, a head teacher, or whether they are the early years lead or, or teachers or practitioners, we work at a hundred miles an hour within schools, don't we? You know, and our heads are so full of so much stuff all of the time. We're constantly thinking that actually it's quite hard to then carefully think, well, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do next? And to kind of keep it clear in terms of where I'm going with something because it can be I think it can feel like we're being bombarded by so many different things all of the time that it's hard to keep a a clear course in terms of our own development or development uh, of our classroom practice and provision so I think events like this help people to get back on course it helps people to make sense of well actually this is where I'm currently at and this is what I need to do next and when I've done that I know then what I need to do um, whereas otherwise, I think it can be a bit like we're spinning sometimes because there's just such a lot going on. Uh, yeah, it's, and, it's you know, important not to feel. Like, it's it's important. Sorry to talk over. Then it it 
feels like it's important as well not to be overwhelmed because you can kind of think, gosh, there's lots in the provision and there's lots to do. But actually, by coming on events as such as these, it can give you quite a pragmatic and systematic approach because actually if you can get a model that works then you can roll that through into your provision areas so it's giving them the the knowledge of what they need to be doing and then kind of working that through but I think you're right it's really important to not be overwhelmed but also to know your sense of direction of travel yeah no absolutely I meant to ask you before and I missed it so I apologize so I'm coming back to it I meant to ask you uh, you mentioned quickly where you've been, and at that point, I was going to ask you biggest event or events that have stood out so far on the roadshow. <laughs> oh, that's tricky because they've all been they've all been really really great experiences, and all the host schools have been absolutely amazing as well at helping the Hannah and the driver team get set up. I think for me, Leicestershire stood out as a as a great opportunity because um, it's an area. Obviously, it's one of my more local areas. To be fair, so that's a Billy bonus. But actually, that aside. Um, it's an area where we kind of have done bits of work, but actually we had a really good attendance and lots of real interest. And as part of that, there were people that have known us for quite a while, but coming back to us so you could feel that long-term relationship coming back through. You know, oh, it's lovely to see you. We haven't had very much money, but we're now ready. So we wanted to come and use this as the springboard to move forward. Um, and yeah, so that was, a, that was a real highlight because there were lots of people at that event and, and lots of people who, if you like, were coming almost back to us or know us but are ready for us now, you know, kept in their minds. Um, I would also say um, that Lincoln was a really wonderful event as well. There was lots of tr trust people there, but also kind of other groups kind of so there were some people from different um, organizations some local authority people came along and they wanted to explore what we were doing in the messaging and and were looking at how they could connect with us and work those things through to support them in their role which was really positive um, and I think actually on all of the days the big standout for me is really where those where the teams are working together and literally you can see them developing their vision and their, this is where we're going to go next and why. I think that that's really powerful. And and heads who either come and say, I know quite a lot about early years and then afterwards say, wow, and now I know even more, which is always great. And heads equally who are in the same room who say, I really don't know very much about early years and I'm a little bit nervous also leave the session saying gosh I've gained this this and this with some real clarity on what I should be looking for or where I should be going and, and what I need to do next um, so I think that's all really rewarding because no matter where you are in your role or experience or knowledge people are taking away the things that they need to take away to move their school development forward so that's that's great yeah no very good fantastic so um I tell, you, I tell you, the one that stood out for me, Newcastle. New, we were at uh, Newcastle High School for Girls, weren't we, what, two weeks ago, something like that, a few weeks ago. Um, Newcastle High School for Girls, we were in the, um, like a sort of a large chapel area, fantastic ornate chapel with this huge roof, um, huge roof space, where um, when I was doing the tour of the interactive environment towards the end of the day, I was sort of taking people around the environment, showing them in the different spaces, talking about how these spaces link up. I didn't realize, but Hannah had 
had gone upstairs. There was this sort of mezzanine floor. So Hannah, who works at, works at Early Excellence on the admin team, she's been the person who's done the, the whole of the roadshow. She's been, at, I think, at just about every event, and she's been an absolute star. She'd climbed up this sort of, I don't know, this hidden staircase in this chapel and appeared sort of way up above on this mezzanine floor and, and took this absolutely incredible image of the whole, uh, the whole interactive environment set up within this uh, incredible chapel space with this huge ceiling. It was an absolutely beautiful building. And then lots of people sort of scattered around having these learning conversations taking resources off the shelf, having a look at them, having a look at all of the materials. Yeah, just stunning. So for me, that's the one that, that I think yeah. stands out as well. Yeah. yeah, and I do think whilst you've mentioned Hannah, we should do a shout out to Hannah, who has done such a lot of the work in connecting with all the attendees who are going to be joining us, as well as the host schools, as well as helping you and I and other people kind of get their travel right and get their accommodation right, but also the driver team as well, who are moving all of those resources in and out and all that furniture so I think we should do a bit of a shout out to them as well not just the curriculum consultants who are front forward facing all those people behind the scenes and Nikki who's helped to kind of have all the initial conversations so a big shout out to them as an aside <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's all of those things that people don't see is the work that goes on behind the scenes yeah people bringing in the furniture bringing in the resources setting it all out working from plans all of that kind of thing, it absolutely runs like clockwork because there are people like Hannah and like the drivers working behind the scenes you know, re with a real keen eye for detail. So, so yes, no, I think that's a good, very good point. Okay, so um, I suppose the, the, the final question then, having talked about... The, I was going to uh, say, I know what this is going to be because I asked the same thing on my podcast as a last question. I know what you're going to say, so hit me with it. <laughs> what What next? Where next? What next and where next? Well, after today's session, I am literally going to put my suitcase in the car and travel on up to Cumbria for my very next um, interactive environment event. Um, but looking ahead, actually, um, from from kind of January onwards, we are looking. To, we're going. We've already got several booked in for the EYFS, so we're travelling again all over where we can. So Doncaster, Lancashire, Derby, um, Coventry. I think we're also going to Whitby, um, Hull, Sussex, Norfolk, um, and a few more as well further down south. So we are still very much traveling around. And I would definitely say if you haven't had a look yet, do have a look and see if, if we're popping up at a place near, near you as a listener. Um, and actually, I was on a call this morning and the head said that, after being to the one that she'd been to with us, I think in Lincoln, I think it was, um, or it might have been Newcastle. She's spoken to other colleagues in her mat and they're actually travelling up to Cumbria to come and join me. Um, so, so word is getting around about kind of how impactful it is. Um, so that's great. Um, but what I would say is I know we're, we're always kind of keen to connect with people to explore possible venues. So actually, if we've not popped up in a in a venue near you yet, that might be because we haven't managed to locate somebody who can host us. So potentially, I would say uh, if you're thinking we'd be interested in that and you've got a space for the learning environment as well as training and a reasonable amount of parking available to your school, then I'm sure Nikki at Early Excellence would love to hear from you just to have a conversation 
invitation to explore. So we're doing all of that with regards to the interactive environment. Obviously, we are expecting some changes in terms of from DFE and Ofsted kind of January time, maybe onwards. So, of course, as things come from there, we'll be updating the training where appropriate to reflect that. And then really excitingly, um, later in the year, we're actually going to be taking our EYFS environment to our new studio, which is wonderful. And then we're going to be taking our Key Stage 1 interactive environment out on the road. And I know we've already got three Key Stage 1 um, events booked, although I'm not yet allowed to share where. But there are three books and we'll be looking for more venues. So we're really excited about looking at Key Stage 1 and supporting schools that are thinking about taking that next step of provision into Key Stage 1. So that's really exciting. It is, absolutely. You know, it is. I, I, I think it, it certainly with the early years um, roadshow, and I'm sure what will happen with the, with the Key Stage 1 roadshow as well, is that, um, we'll, we'll, as you said, kind of... Kind of, it's been growing, you know. So it's kind of it, when we started, it was a certain number of dates, and actually, it's grown and grown as as the roadshow has started. And I'm sure the same will happen with the Key Stage One one as well. Um, it means that it's stopping us from from having um, early excellence roadshow tour gate tour T-shirts printers, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? But uh, but actually, you know, we'd have to be constantly crossing out and adding dates and adding more dates in. So, uh, but but yeah, it's it would be good to do that, wouldn't it? Have have some early excellence on tour t shirts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, certainly key, the key stage one one. I think that's really exciting because um, you know again, imagine that within with a learning environment, a key stage one interactive environment out on the road as well, visiting schools uh, and settings, going out to these spaces. And really getting that conversation going about what does continuous provision look like in key stage one? You know, that it doesn't just have to stop at the end of reception, that actually, you know, developmentally, these children really need hands-on experiences. And so we've got to think about the environment and we've got to think about what you mentioned earlier on. We've got to think about continuity and progression. But actually, it's not going to be the same as what happens in reception. We've got to build on it. We've really got to develop it. We've got to think about how well it's planned. And those are all sorts of conversations that will happen as part of as part of the, the Key Stage 1 Roadshow. So, yeah, so watch this space. Do watch this space. Um, and the other thing, Sarah, is how do people, if, if people are interested, I'm sure if, if, if through listening to this, through listening to you talking, people will definitely be wanting to be there. So... On the roadshow, how do people book onto it? How do they get on? Uh, so the, the easiest thing to do is to go to our website and actually on the EYFS um, and Key Stage 1 CPD tab, there is a Early Excellence Roadshow title. If you click on that, you can book your places through that. Um, if you want a whole school pass, that can be organised through there. And if you're a mat, um, a big mat looking at kind of spend, sending lots and lots of people, again, we can we can work that through. There's something that you can inquire there as well. So online on our website um, and exploring that CPD tab, look for the Early Excellence Roadshow. Very good. And we will see you there. Yeah, we, we will. We will see you there. And I think I will see you up at Silith very soon, won't I? Because I, th- I think you're joining me at Cumbria, aren't you? I am, I am in Cumbria next. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the tour continues. Sarah, it's been fab to talk to you. It's been absolutely lovely again. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, and I'll see you in, I'll see you in Silith. 
yeah, later absolutely. on this week. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Great to chat. And uh, I hope you invite me back again soon. <laughs> Will do. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. So there you go. Thank you very much to Sarah for joining us for this week's podcast. Really interesting discussion all about the roadshow. Um, and as we mentioned, there are still lots of roadshow events still to come. So um, if you want to know more or if you want to book on to an event, then go on to the Early Excellence website. So go to earlyexcellence.com and you'll find out lots more information. All right. Incidentally, um, Sarah's podcast, which we also mentioned earlier on as well, um, Sarah's podcast, which is called the Early Excellence Head to Head podcast, is now freely available on all of the different platforms that you'd expect them to be on. So it's on Spotify. It's on the Early Excellence website as well. It's on a range of different platforms too. Um, it's aimed at senior leaders. So the podcast itself is, is slightly different to this one. It's aimed at senior leaders and head teachers uh, and is a great listen. So well worth nudging your senior leaders uh, and also your head teachers and just letting them know all about Sarah's podcast too. All right, that's about it for, from me for this week. Um, thank you very much for joining us and uh, have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.